This episode is brought to you by, well, actually guys, it's brought to you by us because guess what? You heard it here first. We wrote a book. Listening to Good Morning, the podcast talking all things grief with honesty and humor. Welcome back to the Good Morning Podcast. We are your hosts, Sal and Im. And before we get stuck into today's incredible guest, you heard it right at the start of this episode. Guys, we wrote a bloody book. Good Morning Honest Conversations About Grief and Loss is going to be published on 28th of February, 2023 by Murdoch Books. And it's basically our podcast, but in book form, isn't it? It it is. And guys, we have been dying to tell you for so long, excuse the pun, Um, the book basically- You love that pun, don't you, Sal? I do love that pun. It's just so (laughs) apt. Um, It- It blends our lived experiences with expert advice, tools and tips and relatable real life stories from our community of fellow grievers. And the aim of this book is that you'll not only arm yourself with the tools to help you cope with grief, but you'll also feel seen and heard too. So very much like our content and our pod. And we cannot wait to bring it to you all. And we have just been, we've been so desperate to like reveal this to to you all for so long haven't we and we've been trying to keep it undercover it's been so hard like this has been such a huge deal for us and we've had to keep it from you guys for so long and now we can finally tell you it feels like a huge weight has lifted off us and we're so bloody excited we are and it's if you love the podcast if you love us and if you love our content overall then you're going to love this book guys yeah oh my god we need to talk about as well so what is even freakier this is like so on topic for our conversation today. Um, so about three months before we we got approached by Murdoch about writing this book, we had readings with a psychic medium um, and they actually like predicted the book, didn't they? Yes. Yes, oh they God, did both so of us. So yes. you, rec- you recorded it. Yeah, yes. I went first and then you went straight after because obviously you, you guys know we love psychic mediums on this show. Um, and... Yeah, it's so wild. So basically the woman told me in the conversation before, yeah, she'd even spoken to Sal and she didn't know anything about what we do. Um, so yeah, we we told her absolutely nothing. And this is what she came out with. Guys, have a listen. There's going to be something amazing that you're going to do and what you're going to create. You know that, don't you? Did she set it up? Did she? Yeah. Set it? Mm. Um, did you know this girl for a long time, the one that you're working with as well? No. You go to school with her or something. I don't know, but you seem to be really connected. It's whatever you guys are talking about as well, you're going to be helping so many people. And your mum's behind her, and I get her energy as well. Like, I feel that you girls were meant to be sent together to be doing this. You've got so much in common. Um, I even see a book around you, you know. I actually see you getting a book published. I am so glad that you recorded that. Like, oh my god! <gasps> I remember I didn't, I couldn't record mine. I was like scribbling, taking notes. But thank God you recorded it. It's so special. And we were like, oh, do you think we're going to write a book? Oh, maybe one day, yeah. And then oh like god, next absolute minute, absolute goals, like absolute dream to write a book. How amazing would that be? Mm. Yeah, next minute, it was like three months after she yeah. said that. We literally got the email about the book deal. Like, it is so wild. So, guys, we've been, like, working behind the scenes on this for the last couple of years. We've poured our heart and soul into it. It's for anyone, no matter what stage you are, um, 
in your grief, no matter like whether it's been a month or 11 years, it is. And it's also got um, content in there for people who are supporting as well. So it literally is for everyone. And guys, you can pre-order Good Morning, Honest Conversations about Grief and Loss via the link in our show notes or at Booktopia or the link in our Instagram bio so that you can get the book the very day that it's released. Now, guys, now that we've got that exciting news out of the way, if you are a longtime listener of the pod, today's guest basically needs no introduction. You'll know exactly who we are talking to by the name of the episode title and why this episode is one of the most highly anticipated conversations of all time. And if you're new around here, allow us to introduce you to a woman that has literally changed our lives in so many amazing ways and that the lives of so many of our listeners yeah. as well. We are speaking to one of the world's most renowned psychic mediums, New York Times best-selling author of two books, Signs, the Secret Language of the Universe and The Light Between Us. Drum roll, please, Oh my guys. God, I actually like, I really feel like this one needs a drum roll. Yeah, That's one my of my desk, shit jump, drum rolls. <laughs> drum roll, guys. I, no, but like, before you say this, can we just hang on a second? Like, do you remember yeah. so long ago we were like, who, like our dream, <laughs> absolute dream guest, guys. Like, I, I can't even believe that we're saying this today, like that we're even recording this intro. And announcing a book in oh the same God. like episode. Like, I think two years ago, if someone had said to us, like, you're going to be interviewing this woman and on the same day that you released that episode announcing your book, I think we would have both been like, what? I'm getting Wait, emotional. What? I know. I just wish I, like, it's so shit. Like, I wish our mums, I wish we could tell our mums, but I also feel like we wouldn't, yeah, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for them. But Anyway, it's, I'm going to cry It's so again. bittersweet. <laughs> it's so bittersweet. But anyway, guys. Who are we talking to, Sal? Just tell we're us. We're talking to today, Laura Lynn Jackson. Oh, my gosh. No big deal, no big you deal. guys. Um, Laura has an incredible gift where she can connect with people's spirit on the other side. And she is so good at what she does that she has a wait list that is literally years long. Laura is so special because... What she's done through her work, especially around talking about signs and connecting with your loved one on the other side, is she's taught us how to remain connected to our mums after mm. they died and that death isn't the end. And, and I remember reading her book, Signs, the Secret Language of the Universe, and it was literally transformative, wasn't it, oh Im? And it's it's inspired us. And we know so many of you, you know, we all know that a lot, a lot of you really get a lot from asking for signs from the other side. So yeah. The lessons that she's taught us and so many of you are just invaluable and she really is just an incredible woman and this conversation did not disappoint, did it? No, she is the real deal, you guys. And to say that we were honoured to have sat down with her for an hour is the biggest understatement of our lives. We're not even going to try and be humble here. Laura was our absolute dream. We're still pinching ourselves at this opportunity and we hope we did it justice. Okay, guys, enough about us. Let's jump into this incredible conversation. A bit of backstory. So Sal and I, our mums died suddenly two and a half, about two and a half years ago. And um, one of my really good friends sent me your interview with Chelsea Handler. And I'm not even kidding you. We listened to it over and over and over again. And we were like, there's this whole new world out there and like maybe yeah. our moms aren't gone and it just opened us up to such a healing kind of relationship with our grief and our moms as well like we just were like this maybe this isn't the end and 
it's changed our lives. And we sent that interview to everyone we knew that was grieving. We're like, you have to listen to this. And we bought your books and our whole community bought your books. Like, it's just so incredible that we're sitting in face to face with you right now. Cause it's, you're so meaningful to us. Well, I know that you're both of your moms had a lot to do with this and I'm sure we're the ones to get you the pot, the Chelsea Handler podcast in the beginning. Cause I know that's how they work on the other side. They're always working to help us understand that they're still so present in our lives and help us on our grief journey. So I know that they orchestrate things like that. So that's pretty neat. I absolutely love that because we really do feel like they brought us together. Um, we met at a support group, didn't we, Im? And we just like really felt this connection and we were really pulled to one another. And there are just so many like similarities that we've had in our lives, like our journeys, um, our mums were so similar. There's just mm. so many little things that we always like to think that they were working together on the other side to, to make it happen. So it's really lovely to hear that. A hundred percent. That's what they do. They team up on the other side and then they bring us together here. And so it's really it's really quite magical when you look back and you see the cords of connection and how that was orchestrated. I'd love to know, like, how does that work if you didn't know each other in real life or, you know, our mums lived on the other side of the world from each other. How do mm -hmm. they connect on the other side? How does that happen? Well, I have a really easy answer for that. I don't know if you're open to the idea of earth being a school that our souls come here to learn collective lessons and love and that we can have more than one lifetime. Is that something you're open to? Absolutely. Yeah. We're open to everything yeah, you have it, to offer. <laughs> then it makes it very easy for me to explain because oftentimes we'll come back with, well, every time we come back with people in our soul group, right? But sometimes we'll be born in certain areas or we'll come back with certain people who play central roles in our soul group. For example, both of your moms are in the same soul group. You two are in the same soul group. You just didn't know each other. So when your moms both crossed to the other side, they had the soul memory. They recognized they were in the same soul group. And then they're like, let's work together to bring healing to our daughter's grief journeys. But knowing that they were going to work with both of you as a team of light, because your grief journey and your healing, it's not just about you. This is the thing. Like we are so intertwined, all of us. And they knew that they could work through you and with you to help bring grief and healing to so many other people. What you're doing with your podcast and what you're doing by sharing all your feelings and your vulnerability and your authentic journey with others is so incredibly healing. It's so helpful for others to hear that and feel that they're not alone and understand how interconnected we all are. So the two of you are part of the same spiritual soul group. You might not have met till after your mom's cross, but they're part of the same soul group too. So that's that's kind of how it works. We work together in teams, right? From the other side and here. And, and absolutely, when we have loved ones who's crossed, they work very hard to get certain people in our path. They get certain books, certain lectures, certain ideas in our path. They, they will nudge us to visit certain places because they travel with us. So they want you to live a vibrant and engaged life of connection and meaning and joy and love. But their number one thing is that they want you to know they haven't gone anywhere. You know, they don't have voice boxes to say your name and call you on the phone and dial that. But they find ways to let you know they're there. You know, it's all about light energy and the, their energy and that love energy, which is light energy, and tugging on those cords of connection in order to create a new language, to understand they're with you. They're so invested in your journeys. You know, so many times people think that, 
um, death is a dead end and it's so not, you know, that existence, that's our true home. This mm-hmm. existence, this earth realm, right, where we're living in this materialistic paradigm, which, by the way, was blown to smithereens like decades ago by the scientific community. But we're still pretending that the only thing real is what we can touch and taste and see and all that. Right. But there's so much more truth about energy. And so they're working very hard to help create this new language with you to let you know they're around and to help other people understand the truth of that, that there really is no end to the love you share. Death is not a dead end. It's a doorway. It's a doorway into a new relationship. You know, and oftentimes people who cross will have so much insight after their life review in terms of how they affected others and how their life was so much more meaningful than they could have possibly imagined. So it profoundly shifts them on the other side and then they'll work with you to help achieve missions of light and to help achieve missions of healing and love and all those things. So we get invitations all the time by the universe, right? And it's our job to answer that knock or to say no. You know, and Mm. some people, when they go on their grief journeys, they end up in a place of like anger and bitterness and isolation. And and the universe will always be working for them to help heal them and find their highest path for them. But, you know, there's only two ways to embrace things in life, either with a fear path or a love path. And I think some people choose the fear path because they're not ready to feel vulnerable again in that love path. But I want to congratulate both of you because I think um, the physical loss was so profound for both of you. It feels in a lot of ways like very unjust, like both of your mother's time was cut short. I feel Mm -hmm. like they crossed in different ways, but still like the, the sense is that there was so much unfinished and that they were both so engaged in lives themselves. And so, Mm -hmm. so loving to both of you, both in phenomenal mothers, you know, and by the way, you're both phenomenal daughters. I just have to add that in too, but that you could have taken a very different energy uh, turn with this. You could have been angry. You could have been bitter. You could have isolated, but you didn't. You know, you answered the universe's knock and it was this crack of light of understanding my mom's still with me and I have to find a new way to communicate with her because that love hasn't gone anywhere. It's only gotten stronger. You know, the really neat thing about when they're on the other side is they can they can do all sorts of things for us in the here and now. We can ask for help and they can help like open doors, like figurative and literal doors and do all sorts of great things in a lot of ways. Um people who have crossed kind of get a kick out of that. They're more powerful now than they've crossed to manipulate things here on earth and help the people they love and help humanity. So. Wow. I mean, eight minutes in, I'm already crying. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Welling up here. That's so special to hear. It's so validating. And just back to like the day that Sal and I met, we so basically we met at a support group and we were like, we're not support group type of people. We've got friends, we've got family. Like I remember there was a moment before we went, before I went there, I was like with my friends and I kept saying, I'm not going to go. And I'm stuck in that fear place. You know, I'm not going to go. It's not for me. I feel awkward, embarrassed. And I felt a pull. I felt a pull to go. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I got there. And as soon as I got there, I was like, "Mm, not my vibe. I just want to like, I just want to go. And then Sal walked in and it was just an instant connection. Like it was an instant. We didn't even talk really that day, Laura. Like we didn't even have a conversation. It was just Mm. an uh, like a knowing that there was something between us. And then afterwards I messaged Sal and I was like, hey, on Facebook, because they had all the people (laughs) attending the group. I'm like, hey, if you ever want to hang out, like, you know, I know how shit this is. I'm here. And she's like, oh, weird. I was going to message you as well. It was so weird. 
but maybe yeah. not weird for you. <laughs> it's not weird. Like everything you're describing, the pull, I talk about that a lot to follow that in your life. Like you're going to be led to people on your highest path who you're supposed to know. But I think what you're describing about when she walked in, and I'm sure it was the same for you when when um you saw Imogen, right? Like there was a knowing, like this claircognizant knowing, because what that is, is that soul recognition. That's you recognizing her being part of your soul group and being on a mission together. Mm. And there's no logical way to explain it. It's just, it's a physical, energetic, spiritual knowing. It's incredible mm. when it happens. Definitely. And there's something I always come back to. So my mom died suddenly. Um, she had a seizure. And the night before she died, she sent me a WhatsApp message. It was uh, an article um, about a um, hairdresser who cuts people's hair for free. And I used to be a hairdresser in a former life and um she said I can basically in summary the message said I can see you doing something like this that helps other people with your kind heart and forgive me um it's my forgive me for being indulgent it's my fantasy for you and that's literally like the last ever message that she sent to her yeah and it just feels like we're doing this through good morning you are, you are. And that message is meant for you to read over and over and over because your mom recognizing your kind heart, that's what she wants you to know always, you know, she sees everything you're doing. She's part of it. But I think too, on some level, we all have a knowing of when we're going to, to cross. Mm -hmm. And luckily we don't remember it because I think we'd all be obsessed <laughs> with can we change this? Or when is this, what do I have to do to prepare, right? So, but there's a knowing, you hear stories about people saying certain things or giving away possessions the week before they cross or all sorts of different things. There seems to be some deep knowing, right? And I think mm -hmm. your mom's message to you like that, logically, she didn't know, energetically, she knew. And that was her way of leaving you, not with any sort of goodbye, but with a, I love you so much, you're so beautiful. And we're going to do this together and we're going to move forward. I know this is in you. And it doesn't matter how you give of yourself to someone else, whether it's through cutting people's hair, because that's an act of kindness and generosity and light where mm -hmm. you're helping another human being just to be kind, right? But what you're doing right now, which is being vulnerable and sharing your grief journey and helping people who are new to it, right? Somebody who just suddenly loses somebody and doesn't know where to turn, they find you guys. And it's like this guidebook how to find your way through grief and how to know that you're not alone. None of us are ever alone. We're not alone because our loved ones who have crossed are with us, but we're also not alone because there's a whole community here. All of us have grief. All of us have lost somebody we loved. It's just some people don't deal with it and it gets hidden and it, it, it stunts their growth or it makes them a, a lower version of what they should become in the world in terms of like how they should be engaging or what they should be doing. So both of you are really helping humanity in a very profound way, find their way through grief. I mean, it's, it's just such a beautiful and a powerful thing and strengthen their relationships with their loved ones on the other side. That's so beautiful. Thank you. That really means so much. And you mentioned just there, Laura, about sort of the exit points. And I'd love to know, a little bit more about exit points. Like, are, do we have a few? Are they up to us? Are they predetermined? How does it work sort of when we go and when that time comes? That's such a great question. You know, the way that the other side has shown it to me and explained it to me is that most of us have more than one. 
the idea is to always try to make it to your last exit point. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and for some people, that's one day after birth. Some, it's like in utero because they just needed that spiritual moment of connection with their their mother, either feeling unconditional love or playing a role on their mom's life journey or whatever it would be. And some people's final exit point is 102. You know, it ranges and there's different times that you can cross. Ultimately, some of them may or may not be connected to other people's free will choices. This is one of the ways that we're all intertwined, right? Mm. So for example, if you're innocently doing something and you're driving home one day and there was another person born, you know, two years after you were, but who's, who went to a bar and went drinking that night and then had a choice, were they going to drive themselves home drunk? Were they going to arrange another way to get home? You might not know it. They may not realize it, but they, if they had chosen to drive, they would have gotten in an accident and killed you and forced you through an exit point because they chose a higher path for themselves. What, what none of us realize is like every choice matters. We think we're living our own little lives. It's not true. Everything we do has a ripple effect into our world in ways that sometimes we can't even imagine. These little choices we'll make, good choices for us, healthy choices, right? It's always circled around other people. So in that case, like by choosing not to drink and drive, you just passed an exit point you never knew about. That person mm-hmm. made a great choice not to do that, didn't force you through one of those early exit points and goes on with his or her day, right? So it's it's an understanding that there can be a whole bunch of them. For some of us, I think um, it's interesting when you look back on your life, you can kind of identify some of them. And in some cases, other people will have intervened or you will have had this moment of um, knowing or you might've changed your behavior suddenly or not done something. That's why I always say to you, like, trust whatever intuitive pulls you have, no matter what they are or how crazy they seem. I actually want to say the more counterintuitive your intuitive pulls are, the more you need to pay attention. You're saying to yourself, like, why on earth would I do that or not do that? Why am I getting this intuitive pull? That makes no logical sense. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. That's your team of light on the other side working with you and through you. Because let's not forget, in that scenario I described, the person who went to the bar, their team of light was working very hard to help get the message, like, do not drink and drive, do not drink and drive, like, rooting for them to choose a high path, right? So it's very important for us to understand that we're spiritual beings in these physical bodies, and that we're here learning a collective lesson in love, and that Mm -hmm. our lives are intertwined with so many other people. So the choices we make for ourselves matter so greatly in the world. Mm -hmm. And to bring it back to like the choices the two of you are making with this profound loss in your life. I mean, it's just indescribable. You cannot understand what it's like to lose a mother unless you go through that. That's a sort of rite of passage that changes you fundamentally. And I think the fact that you've both gone through that and instead of isolating and pushing away have chosen such a beautiful and high path for yourself of like healing and diving into that grief and owning it and and opening to the signs and the messages from your moms and using that too to help heal and teach others. I mean, that's there's no higher path than that. And so you have a ripple effect too. So it goes in all different directions. It's not just about doorways when we might cross. It's also about like what we're doing on our spiritual mission here. So many times people, they get lost in the materialistic world and they get confused. I think they think power over someone like 
having the say to boss people around or have a, big, a better car, or a bigger house or be envied, right? Or have the power to do things or make people do things. They think that's what real power is. And it's so not. What the other side has taught me is that true power is the power that we have. Each one of us comes here programmed with specific gifts. We need to find those, honor them and share them with others in, in order to help other people discover their gifts and elevate themselves so that we all rise together. That's what true power is, right? So it's like this understanding that what we do here with our time here matters so greatly. And I think when people we love cross to the other side, well, I know this, they really want to help us understand that lesson so that we become brighter and stronger versions of ourselves and that we help others as well. So I, I think it's really beautiful once you have that knowing and that sense that you are loved and guided and protected and that, you know, it may sound like a fairy tale, like, oh, we physically die, but we go to this place of love and we remember like all our connections and we work together to better like this earth school. It's a real thing just because it sounds so amazing doesn't make it untrue. And so yes. embracing that truth and owning that can change the course of your life and in turn change other lives for the better as well. I've heard you talk about that before actually. And that gave me so much comfort. So my mom died by suicide and the, the circumstances surrounding her death are just like so unbelievable and shocking. And I just was filled with so much rage and anger and hatred. And I heard you say that, that, you know, when people die, like through violence or things like that, they're so invested in helping their loved ones heal and find their highest path. And when we do things in their name to create change, that's the most important thing that there is. And hearing that just, it gave her death meaning for me and it and it kind of helped me see her death like not for nothing and I, that was so important for my healing as well I think it's really important for you to know and this is kind of the messaging I'm getting I feel like from her energetically is that what you choose to do here with that pain and that grief instead of isolating and turning to anger but instead finding a place of forgiveness and love has yeah. helped her on her journey on the other side too you know it's collaborative you know they tell me too, like when people here pray for them on the other side, and I don't even mean it in necessarily a religious way. It doesn't have to be like a religious prayer, but the act of praying would be directing like your thoughts and your energy to those on the other side and like healing wishes, good wishes, forgiveness. Anytime we direct forgiveness or love, it's always received on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it helps them tremendously on their journey because part of their soul journey, especially if they cross, um, through uh, suicide is to help heal those here who they who are struggling in their grief mm -hmm. and so the more you heal the more they're able to uh, elevate on the other side or know you're okay or work with you in a more light-filled way so your act here and what you did the work you're doing matters greatly not just here on earth but on the other side as well so it's really beautiful and powerful Hence why she's orchestrating it all. She's like, come on, Amy, make all this happen. <laughs> Pulling wow. strings from the other side. And yeah. oh, when, we, when we talk about the other side, Laura, like, what is it like? Like, what, how can we kind of comprehend, like, what the other side is like? What have you learned about it? It's such a wonderful question. So I've learned it's right here with us. You know, it's like the other side of a piece of paper. It's right here. You can think of it almost like a, a dimension. Think of when you sleep at night and you dream and you're vividly seeing, but your physical eyes are closed. What are, you, what are you using to see? That's our psychic vision. And the place we go, the way we're able to reach it, right? 
is through our consciousness. So there's been, you know, a great debate in the scientific community about the nature of consciousness. And the, the end result is nobody understands it. You know, the debate with this is like, does the brain generate consciousness or is consciousness outside of the brain? And this is what I mean about the materialistic paradigm being blown to smithereens. I don't know if you've ever heard of, of a practice called remote viewing. Um, it was used by the U.S. military during the Cold War. And they would bring people in to look psychically, right, with their, without their physical eyes at a target and describe it or draw it. And they saved hostages this way. They, they found all sorts. They found a plane in the middle of the Congo that had gone down and nobody knew where it was from remote viewers. So the fact yeah. that that exists, that one thing shows that this materialistic world we think is real isn't, right? So the other side is our reality. It is, we're connected to it. We're part of it. It's our true home. We can think of these existences like our soul choosing a body, going into the body and coming down here for a virtual reality experience. We're really always on the other side. You know, our light energy is always on the other side and always connected to all things. And we're having these experiences here. So, you know, I, I think that, the other side is right here with us, number one. But the energy of the other side, it's just the currency is love, forgiveness, and kindness. There absolutely is accountability in the sense of we are our own judge and jury in terms of like, we need to own the choices we made and how it affected others. But there's not this punishment in, this, in the sense like here we go to court and there's this, that, and the other thing. It's an understanding and then a balancing of how am I going to work to help bring kindness and light into this world? And they can do it from the other side through using people here. You know, mm. for example, like I always say too, like no artist here works alone. They're always working with a collaborative team of light on the other side. Those are spiritual energies on the other side still affecting our world in a beautiful way. Your moms are both working through you and with you to help achieve healing and beauty here on earth. So their energy is still very present here, even though it's not in a physical, you know, 3D materialistic sense they're energetically still affecting the lessons all of us are learning here on earth. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I think the other side is so invested in helping us learn and grow that anybody who will open to it, they'll, they'll work through and with. In terms of what it's like experiencing things over there, I can only share what they have told me because although I'm sure you and I were all there, we these brains kind of act like dunce caps we're not allowed to remember, right? So what they share with me when I do readings is they tell me that anything we had here on earth that we loved or brought us joy or enjoyment, we can automatically have there. It's almost like if we have that emotional memory, it can be recreated in an instant. So, I mean, it can be silly sometimes. Like I've had people on the other side say like um, to like their moms here, like I, I'm having your meatballs that I love on the other side. I can have them here. Like <laughs> they that one recipe when they were here, like. They play cards. They do all sorts of things, you know. Um, it's funny because a lot of times when I do readings, if somebody here on earth is a smoker and smokes cigarettes, the, the people on the other side will make me give them a lecture about how bad that is for their, like, physical energy, light energy, like, everything. It's one of, like, so toxic for us to take in. But then they joke and they tell me, like, on the other side, they can enjoy, enjoy cigarettes without any, like, that. <laughs> it was pleasurable, right? So it's kind of funny. There seems to be, like, a double standard in a way. But um, anything we loved is with us and present there. And they never feel a sense of loss because they are energetically with us. And they're not confined to this clunky body that can only walk at a certain pace and be in one place at one time and look in one direction. 
they can be in more than one place at one time. Time doesn't exist the same way it does here for them mm-hmm. there, right? It's almost like this canvas we use here to go to earth school and to learn our lessons and all of that, right? So they are able to be in more than one place at one time. They're able to see what's coming for us too. A lot of times when I do readings, there'll be a lot of guidance given by someone who's loved one about like what's coming up for that person and how best to navigate it. Um, You know, it's very beautiful. Like they seem to have an understanding of each other's, we all have like an understanding of each other's experience. So I think we're reminded that we're part of the same whole so we download what anybody else experienced as if we did. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of times when people say anything you do to somebody else, you're really doing it to yourself because it's part of you. You know, we just can't remember that when we're here. But I think our souls remember, like when you go deep, you have a sense of things or you have a knowing. And I think a lot of times, you know, our little monkey minds, that little frontal lobe of our brain lie a lot to us and they tell us, you know, you know you're, you're alone or materialistic things matter more than energy and kindness does and that sort of thing and so it's you have to work very hard I think when you're here to to know that truthfully you are a spiritual being and that your soul is timeless and connected to anyone and anything you have ever loved in profound ways that can't be broken because I think it changes how we live in the here and now as well amazing absolutely amazing and if we're choosing what we come like our if our souls are kind of choosing the mission to come here and do these sorts of things like something I've always wondered and it's not coming from a place of like victimhood but it's just like why do some really bad things happen to people on earth but not others like some people seem to have a really easy life with not much going on and some of us are like going through all of these hardships over and over like I, mm-hmm. I've often wondered like why why is that? It's such a great question too. It seems so unjust and so unfair, right? Some of like the most kind people, the most generous, loving people go through these really grueling, difficult experiences. My sense of what they tell me is quite often we come here on different spiritual levels, but we're all invested in one another's journey because we're only as strong as our weakest link. And I think we're on the other side. We tend to forget how difficult this experience can be. We're like, oh, we know in the end it's all happy and like that's not real. We're just going to go there to learn and help others grow, right? So we're like, raise our hand, like, I'll sign up to I'll do, do that. it. I'll sign up to do it. Like, we must have been drunk. Right? I'll do it. Oh, that person is like stunted. Oh, well, I'll go be like th- this person in their life to like be a point of love and maybe they can grow and master their soul test against me. Sign me up. And then we yeah. get here. We don't Where's remember. my exit points? Where's my exit right. points? exactly you don't remember we agreed to that we're confused by it we're like what just happened but when I read people a lot of times the first thing I'll see is their core aura and if I see for example purple in someone's core aura I'm like I know that means that that person came has a very advanced soul but not only that it means that they spiritually contracted with one or more people who were not going to be as spiritually evolved at all who were kind of stuck probably for a lifetime into in a certain lesson to play a really important role in that person's path in order to try to challenge that person through their love for them to grow. So a lot of times it might be like you came here with one parent who wasn't as evolved, or you have a romantic relationship with somebody who's not at all evolved. And I will tell you like 95% of the time, those contracts you made, like that other soul that wasn't that evolved will fail it and make your life really hard. 
So when I see purple in someone's energy, it's like an award from the other side. You know what if you went to like when you were little in school, a teacher might give you a gold star, like great job, like great ever. It's that. It's like I know it wasn't always easy, but you signed up for that because you are so invested and you're you love other people's souls so much that you're willing to do that. So a lot of times it's the most evolved souls that come here in that role to teach, to help others try to master their lessons that go through that. You know, when we get to the other side, we're like, oh, that wasn't that big a deal. Time isn't that long. Our lifespan's what, maybe a hundred years? I could do it, you know? We get there, we're like, oh, we need to recharge after everything. <laughs> but then the next lifetime, we're like, sure, I'll sign up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And in fairness, it could go one way or the other. This is the thing. Not everything is faded, right? Free will trumps everything. And so we come here as souls and we're constantly evolving. We're constantly, you know, immersed in each other's journeys and trying to help each other grow and you know, sometimes we're lessons for one another. Like, is the person a lesson for me? Am I a lesson for them? Or does it go both ways, right? But our choices matter greatly. So mm. in fairness, when we come, there's hope that, oh, that other soul is going to elevate. Now we're all rising together, right? Mm. If they don't, they don't. They have to repeat the lesson. But we're willing to try because we're so invested. We're so part of the same whole, I think. So interesting. And it's funny. I feel like Sal and I, I feel like we both like we're lessons for each other. And I feel like we're both growing together. I don't know if you feel the same way, Sal, but I feel Definitely. like since we met, like we've both learned so much about ourselves through each other and through what we're doing. And we're kind of like, like going on the same level. I don't know. Helping Does that each make other sense? grow, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Rather than one keeping the other stuck, like some people do when you. Exactly. And you know, that's a really careful distinction. Some relationships stunt us and we've outgrown them. And then we get afraid. We get tracked into that fear-based thinking of like, if I leave this, what's it going to take away from me? Right. But we know we're not yes. growing. And then other relationships like challenge us in beautiful ways, or they just expand us. Like, I think we've all been around people's energy who like, you just get excited to be around because they're just like, they help open you, they brought in you, right? And then there are some people that maybe you have to deal with for whatever reasons, maybe they're somehow in the extended family or you work with them or whatever. And you just like, oh boy, this is an energy vampire. This is going to bring yes. me down, you yes. know, but maybe now you'll, you'll also remember like, maybe I was placed in that person's path to try and help them grow. But you can always like, screen your energy a little bit but certainly I think the that the whole point of relationships is to help us grow and change and shift and be challenged and mm -hmm. you know it, it's a beautiful thing when you're in the midst of that and you have someone in your life in whatever capacity right helping you grow and maybe sometimes it's many different people and sometimes they're born into your family and they're and you're related to them and sometimes they are strangers you become such good friends with or play such pivotal roles in your life for some people it's teachers that they come across for some people it's friends you know sometimes like a stranger that you're going to meet once can have a profound effect on your your path here and your journey so it's yes. having that sense of like magical wonder about how the universe is going to lead you and heal you and bring you on your highest path and kind of opening your mind and your heart to that where you say to your team of light, like I'm all in, guide me, show me, like teach me. I'm here to be a student and to learn, you know, I'm here to yes. find my light and share my light and in whatever best way I can best be used. Like doing that, projecting that energetically, I think matters so greatly because you, you will be led to the people and the situations that will bring you light and will help you grow. Just like the two of you were brought together. I love Def that. And it definitely feels that way, doesn't it? And I think something, a big part of your work, Laura, that really has helped us 
and so many of our listeners is signs and asking for signs and receiving signs. And something that we have heard from some of our listeners who have asked for signs, they don't receive them. Is that because when you talk about just then about people whose souls aren't as evolved or perhaps don't learn their soul lessons, does that impact them if they cross to the other side? Like, does that impact whether we get signs from them or not? Like, how does that work? No. If you ask for signs, you're going to be sent them. So then one of two things happens. And this is (laughs) to me too. Like, it is so easy to miss the signs. A lot of times our loved ones will send them in very creative ways that we might not be thinking of. Um, You know, I remember like one person messaged me once on social media and said, I asked my loved one on the other side to send me an armadillo and a star together because they had read um, my book and they were like, they wanted to use similar things. And what they got the next day was a picture of Clint Eastwood holding an armadillo. And they were like thinking, wow, they got the armadillo, but no star. And then it dawned on them that Clint Eastwood was a big star, like a star, oh, not like a, uh, a star, yes. like a Hollywood star. And they were like, I got my sign. And they <laughs> said, and I was like, yes, this is how it works. They get very creative on the other side. I mean, sometimes that they too will send it. We just honestly drive by it. Like I have a story in my book too, where my mom asked my dad for a purple elephant. The elephant, yes. Yeah, yeah. My mom, sister, and I were literally at the cemetery discussing how we were going to design his headstone. Go to lunch and drive, drove right past a restaurant called The Purple Elephant with a giant resin purple elephant figure outside of the restaurant. We drove past it, only happened to see it because my sister was in the front seat on the way back and she's like, oh my God, we there's a restaurant right there called the Purple. We drove past it. Then, of course, we had to pull in and see it. And we're like, you know how hard dad probably worked to get this in our pack? He's like, come on, and can then, you not see right? it? And had we not seen it again, we'll be like, he's not doing it for us. He's not sending signs. Like, and we might get annoyed, right? So yeah. a lot of times we just miss them. What I will say is if you're getting frustrated because you're asking for signs and you're not getting them, do a couple things. Number one, send a directive to your loved one on the other side about how you'd like to receive it and say to them in your thoughts, like, look, I know you're probably sending them, but I'm missing them. So can you please deliver my sign through someone saying it verbally to me? So now if you've asked for like a pink dolphin, right? You can relax because somebody's going to have to say to you in conversation, or you're going to turn on the TV and hear somebody talking about it and say the word pink dolphin. Right. So you can be a little bit more in tune about like how you want to receive it. The other thing I'd say is don't just create one sign and also understand that it's a co-creative language so that your loved one on the other side might choose a sign of their own that they'll they're known for. Like, let's say they loved a certain, you know, song, they might send you that song. Or if they were known for like, um, you know, loving the color pink, you might see like pink everywhere one day, whatever it might be. If they had a nickname for you, you might see or read that nickname or hear it somewhere um they get creative so they're sending their own signs and then you want to ask for more than one so i always say pick a creature and make it a little different so that when you get it you'll notice it right so i used to ask for monarch butterflies i was like that's too easy now i'm going to ask for aardvarks armadillos and ants stop hang on hang on (laughs) you just said butterflies Mm-hmm. Laura, last night when I was going to bed, I like because I, I love everything you say. And you say, say it out loud. And I said, Mom, yeah. I'm having an interview with Laurel and Jackson tomorrow. Come through and get her to say butterflies. <laughs> and you just said, Oh my God. Uh, and I've been saying this and they're making me say it. I'm like, why am I giving this example? But I'm going to give it. Right. <sighs> 
There oh we go. Oh my god, I'm actually like sweating now. This is I too much. I love that because you built in like a secret sign with your mom. And I love when people do this because they do come through. Yes. And what I love is like, I'll be unaware. Like I'll say things I wouldn't even understand because I'm not purposely open right now, right? But she's... <laughs> She's, she's coming through. She's coming in hot. That's so go. amazing. Very hot. And right, do you realize we were just saying? Okay, back up a step. Okay. I was just saying the way to get it so that you know is tell your loved one. You have, you have to have somebody say it to me. <laughs> yeah, me say it to you. Yeah. That's just question. And I did it last night. I was like lying down in bed. I took some deep breaths, like you've said before, like to connect. And I was like, okay, mum, out loud. She can't miss it. Get Laurel and Jackson to say butterflies in the interview, and I know that I, you're there. Oh yeah, my god, I love this so much. Great job, and she came through. So <laughs> I, that's awesome, and I'm thanking her for being so present and like showing up for you in that beautiful way through through me. I love it. Um, but I got to be like a part of that like moment. Yes. <laughs> meaningful to me, you know, it's such an honor. Um, but yeah, so you're gonna ask for whatever you want them to send you creature wise, but then also you should ask for a song. You should ask for a phrase. It could be any phrase you want, something from when you were younger, a phrase you just thought of. And you should ask for a number sequence because a lot of times, um, you know, our world is, this materialistic paradigm world is is founded on sacred geometry, numbers matter, which gives me a little allergic reaction because I do not like math, right? But I understand that. So I think asking for number sequences is often easy for them to do, like 11-11-444, or like your birthday, like the month and the date, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. something meaningful, they can send that. You want to give them a lot of different ways to send things to you so that you'll see it more because I promise you they're trying very hard to orchestrate it. Every now and then too, I've had situations where people on the other side will purposely wait for a very special date to send it. Like I remember one person sharing with me that they had asked their mom on the other side to send this really specific type of yellow bird and they waited and waited and waited and they didn't get it and they were getting really frustrated and it was like nine months later they were seated outside it was the anniversary of their mom's birthday so they were feeling really bereft and and really physically missing you know her mom and this yellow this exact yellow bird flew down sat on the table and looked at her and waited and then flew away. And the whole thing was like, her mom's like, ta-da, like waiting for this really meaningful moment to do it. And so sometimes they do that. They orchestrate it in a certain way where they wait till like a certain time to send it. But they're always present. They're always trying to send it. I don't want to put the onus on the person who's not seeing it, but I've experienced that myself. Like, I'm chattering little monkey monk. It's very distracted by everything in life. Like it's very hard to get it. That's what I'm saying. Like ask for it in a certain way, or you could say like, put it on my social media feed or whatever it is. Show me a picture of it. Um, And I think the more you create, the better it is. You can never stop. Right. So if you're learning a foreign language, the more words you learn, the more you can communicate. Right. And feel connected. It's the same with, with this language of signs. Like they're trying to establish it the moment they cross. And the more we open to it and then create, like co-create a language, the better. Because if we don't create it, they've been trying to get our attention through messing with our electrical devices. You know, like sometimes to pay attention, if you're texting someone, like the word all of a sudden or words will change in a text box. And you're like, I don't but it's usually a message. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes we get phone calls on certain dates and nobody's there, right? Um, all sorts of things they'll do. They'll put coins in our path. I think that's because when we return to light energy, it's like easy to manipulate small metallic objects. 
And then they'll put creatures in our path that use, um, you know, magnetic fields to navigate the earth, right? So butterflies, deer, um, fox, dragonflies, uh, ladybugs, which I think you guys call ladybirds in Australia. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Red and black. Yep. <laughs> So um, all sorts of creatures, right? But we can ask for anything we want and get it. And the more creative and kind of outlandish or eccentric it is, the better. Because we're like, we're never going to get this. And then we do. And it's amazing. And a lot of times they'll combine signs. So they'll like send two at once. Or let's say we ask for a monkey. We get a monkey with a heart, you know, or something like that. So it can be neat. That's so interesting because that was a question that I, that I had for you actually, but I feel like you've just answered it. Cause sometimes I will, I've asked my mom for quite a few different signs and there are some like core ones that I go to time and time again. But for example, I asked her for a lizard this week and it took a few days and I was like, Oh, is this actually going to work? Cause it's a different sign. Do I need to stick to the same signs? And then last night I was watching a TV show and all of a sudden the characters in the TV show started talking about lizards. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> it was so weird. And I've watched that episode as well and I didn't clock anyone talking about lizards too so yeah weird. so we can so ask for cool. different signs right it's not like it doesn't yeah. have to be the same thing no anytime you establish a sign they can always use that one but why not add more I think it's great and it's trusting like the pool of like when you feel like you want a new sign you know or sometimes they'll just establish it themselves I find a lot of times too people on the other side will use children in the family to deliver signs and messages or friends will say something you have a friend who says something to you and you're like that I feel like that was a message from my mom. It was like, they'll get people to say it. And the person saying it won't even realize that they're being used in that way and in a beautiful way. Right. So it's neat. So it's always fun too, if that happens to let the person know, like you just delivered a message for me. It's really beautiful, you know? Um, but I think kids are way more open to receiving the messages because they're still like their brains are not forced into that frontal lobe, which really starts in like grade school. We get stuck in that mm. frontal lobe monkey mind that just chatters and is in charge of like analytical thinking, critical thinking, mask, like all that stuff. And the only time most people's brains go offline into the spiritual is at night when we sleep. And this is not me like hypothesizing this. This is research by scientists about how brains work. And what they found about me too is like when I'm in normal talking mode, my brain wave activity is all in the frontal lobe. Like 98% of our brain wave activity is. When I try to, and I shift into psychic or mediumship, it silences. It looks like I'm in a coma and different parts of my brain light up. My point with that is we all have access to it. Just most of us have lost the pathway to where the switches. And so opening to a language of signs, opening your mind and your heart to that opens up all your abilities and will help retrain your brainwave activity to be more open to the spiritual and not so stuck in the monkey mind in your waking hours. So it can be a really beautiful effect on all sorts of things for you. That's incredible. And I think something that some listeners may not know about you, Laura, is you are a certified research medium, aren't you? And there's only a small group of you in the world. So you've undergone some like rigorous scientific testing, haven't you? Yeah. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do is to figure out like, I know this is real and I know that the fact that this is real has great impact for all of humanity, right? Because mm. if I have access to this, other people do too, and it can change how you live. And it's a beautiful truth, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like it's really important to examine it in a scientific way under very controlled circumstances to figure out how this works and what that means for all of us. And so, you know, I welcome and I work with with research scientists in all different ways, doing all different studies. And it's an ongoing thing for me. And for me, it's such a great honor. And truly, I feel like it's a great purpose for me. You know, I, I work with Forever Family Foundation to volunteer to help people in grief. 
And then I work with Winbridge and other research scientists, which some I signed NDAs, so I can't talk about, but um, at universities and so forth, right, to explore like the science behind it and how that works. I feel like I, there are two things that are so important to me. One is like helping people in grief. And the other is like working with the scientific community to bring credibility to it, because I think Mm -hmm this field of like psychic mediumship, right? It sounds so woo woo. You picture like people with like babushkas and crystal balls and like <laughs> oh, and all these things, right? And it gets dismissed. Yeah. And that's so sad because I think the history of it, it's not regulated. There is a lot of that that goes on, unfortunately, right? But the truth is that it's a very real thing and we all have access to that within ourselves. Like we have this, this great connection to love and to anyone we loved and to like understanding our our soul journey our life journey in different ways and understanding how important we are to this fabric of energy in the here and now right and that deserves respect and it deserves to be studied and it deserves to not just be dismissed because there have been a corrupt few you know and so to me it's just such an important thing to um work with scientists in that regard to bring credibility and understanding to this field it's just very important to my heart Amazing. And I just want to jump back a little bit to where you were mentioning kids. So how kids can be really spiritually open and my daughter's just turned three and there's been moments. So she obviously wouldn't remember my mom as she was nine months old when my mom died, but there's moments like when I'm putting her to bed the other day, she was just like, grandma. And then she just picked up like a little bit of sock lint off the bed. I'm like, Okay, we'll roll with this. But she's like, it's grandma coming to see me. And she got so excited. And I'm like, firstly, how do you even remember your grandma? But it's just, yeah, what is that? So first of all, that's so beautiful that that happened. And and when you said you she can't remember, right? I think what you're talking about there is the logical monkey mind, right? The yeah. logical monkey mind can't remember. But I want to remind you that we were born into soul groups and that her soul knows your mom's soul. And there was an agreement to come here. And I think that your daughter is just this great light and healing force in your world as well, right? So it's like there was an agreement. Her soul was going to come in at a certain time mm-hmm. to help you on your journey as you went. Now, her soul remembers your mom. Her soul knows your mom. And she's still in the place where she hasn't gotten stuck into this frontal lobe yet, right? She's just starting like age two into three. You start to really embrace language. Before that, you're reading energy, you're reading the energy of the room, you're feeling the energy of people, like that will stay with her. And so what's happening is she's trying to translate to you an energetic experience she's having, feeling that connection to your mother. And the way it might come out is picking up a piece of lint and being like grandma's here, What she really means is the energy of grandma's soul is here with us. And I want you to know that. And she wants me to share that with you. Now, she might not have the right way to express it. So she might pick up something and say, this is grandma. But your mom's energy was with her. And I think it was really important for you to know that your mom's very present and watching over and seeing everything, all the milestones your daughter is doing and everything she's doing. And she's helped guiding her and protecting her as well. And the same when she does you. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think the most, the most beautiful thing we can do as a parent for our child is to ask questions, to not Mm -hmm. act like that's scary or bad or taboo or like, you know, just oh, ask more questions, just stay open to it. You know, um, And I think that will help children stay open to their abilities as they move forward as well, which is, I mean, being open to your psychic and intuitive abilities, it can have amazing practical implications too, like helping you navigate your journey and like knowing what to honor when you're getting feelings of being pulled to people or having an allergic reaction to people or like feeling you should really 
take part in something that logically doesn't really make sense, but your soul mm. is telling you to like mm. embracing that part of her and staying whole like that. I mean, it's so magnificent. It's so beautiful. Mm. You know, there are tools here that help people do that, like meditation and yoga and things of that yeah. nature. And there are a lot of people who explore the idea of teaching children to meditate and how profound an effect that can be on their journey going forward because they become mindful of their energy, of other people's energy and of this grand connection between things. So, mm. you know, just staying open, keeping that conversation open. Your daughter is a teacher to you just as much as you're a teacher to her. You know, that's a, this beautiful soul contract there. So I love that that has already started to happen. And, and 100%, she knows your mom. <laughs> yes, I'd love that. And she was at the park as well the other day and did the same thing. So next time I'm going to be like, she's here. I just know she's here rather than thinking it's just a coincidence. Um, you can even test a little bit. You can talk to your mom and be like, I know you're here give give my daughter a nudge like have her say it now you know <laughs> yes you around a little challenge your mom a little look she already got me to say butterfly she's gonna shop for you she's gonna do it <laughs> I absolutely love that and talking about kids and and their ability and their intuition Laura would love to just know a little bit more about your journey because you sort of were able to tap into your abilities when you were young but then there was a period of time where you were a teacher for 20 years and you weren't practicing as a psychic medium. Can you talk, like, what was the turning point for you? Tell us a bit more about your journey and when you yeah. decided to embrace. Sure. So, you know, I've been, I've been psychic since I've been a child and I've been aware of energy. And, and, you know, I thought that's how the world operated, right? I would see people in like um, colors, like a synesthesia effect where I'd almost see a color imposed on them. And so I would know like people who were blue were really open and loving that day, but maybe red, I wanted to stay away from. But it never occurred to me that that wasn't the thing everybody experienced, right? I just thought like, that's how the world works. I thought we all feel each other's emotions and we all see each other in colors and we all know things, right? I didn't understand that. Um, when I was 11, I knew my grandfather was gonna die. And that haunted me because I felt like something was really dark and broken in me. Like, why would I know this? I loved him so much. He was such a force of love in my life. And, um, you know, I'm blessed with the most incredible mother this lifetime. She, I think she's the reason I'm doing what I do in the world because she's the one who gave me permission to not be afraid of these abilities. I went to her shortly after my grandfather died. Like I had this knowing and then, you know, three days later he got diagnosed with leukemia. I never saw him again. He died within two weeks. Um, and I told her, I think so pop up, I knew Papa was going to die. And what's wrong with me? And she's like, Laura, nothing's wrong with you. Um, they're just different ways of perceiving the world around us, you know, and it's actually a beautiful gift. Don't be afraid of it. You know, and then she confessed that like it had run on her side of the family for generations. Um, and I was like, then I felt like, okay, well, I'm part of this club then, but I didn't know if I wanted membership in it. I was like, what is that? What do I do with it? Like, because mm. in her, in, with her upbringing, it was like, understood you would have dreams or knowings when people were going to cross. Um, and it was like almost respected, but also feared and not talked about after that. You know, it was like a thing we could all do, but we're not going to discuss it because it's too like frightening. And she kind of gave me permission to be like, it's not frightening. It's okay. And what I came to understand, I had this dream where my grandfather came to me shortly after that and let me know he was with me. He showed me where he was. He was light energy. It wasn't his physical form, but I knew my soul knew him. Right. Mm -hmm. And shared with me that basically gave me the understanding that my knowing he was going to cross was a gift because I got to spend an extra day. Like because that happened, I went to his house with my mom because I had that knowing and that it was just that my soul knew his soul was going to go on a journey. And I was sensing that. 
but then he was still gonna be present with me and we would still be connected. And so that really helped me, but I didn't quite, nobody gives you a rule book, like what are you supposed to do with these abilities? And so then for years, I was like, look what I can do, isn't this cool? Like, you know, I, when my early twenties, I would, <laughs> I'd like know things about guys I'd meet. I'd be like telling them the whole life story. And like, you know, it was a little odd, but like, I would also know who to date that way. Like, oh, this one's a good one. And, and finally I did a, like a reading. People knew I did this. I did a reading for somebody I was friends with and it really helped heal her. And I was like, oh, wait, this is, this is what I'm meant to do with this. I'm meant to help people and heal people. Um, and then I, you know, got a teaching degree and was teaching and I had my first daughter at 27. And what happened to me at 27 is it's like this portal to the other side just opened up and what was like a little drip drip that I could kind of ignore became like a waterfall. And um, at the same time, I had this download, this knowing that I was meant to be doing this work in the world. So here I am, like a second year teacher with a newborn. My husband was like in law school at night, working full time during the day. And I came to him and I'm like, so I just got a download and I need to be doing this in the world now. Like, and he's like, well, you better use your middle name and you better not tell anybody because you're going to get fired from your teaching job if you do this. But I was like, okay. Um, and that's why I ended up getting involved with Forever Family Foundation and really helping people in grief because I just volunteered for it. I just would go give my time and do that and help people. And in time, I understood like I would get downloads for myself. And I remember being on Call of Duty one day teaching and I got a download from my guides like you're going to write a book. You're going to be a speaker. You're going to, um, you know, do workshops and you're going to be on TV and like all this stuff. And I was like. So of course, like that day I came home and I said to my husband, guess what? I'm going to write a book. <laughs> and within 24 hours, it all started unfolding um, and led me on my journey. So I think there was a great collaboration um, with me on the other side. And there's a trust and the knowing I have that when I get those downloads, they're very clear to me and they come without emotion. It's just, this is very matter of fact, this is what it's going to be. So I quickly understood like that's my sole mission this lifetime. I actually don't look at myself as like a psychic medium in the world. I look at myself as a teacher. Like that is what my soul is here for. It's just that I've traded a four world, you know, a full, a four world English high school classroom where we're discussing works of literature that talk about like soul journeys and how we shift. I've just shifted it to the world at large and talking still about like our soul journeys and how we're interconnected and and so to me, it was just a moment. It took a, it was a journey of like, first, not rejecting my abilities, then understanding what the true gift of them was, was to help and heal others. And then finally honoring their role in my life and, and kind of saying to the other side, I'm all in, use me as a vehicle of love and healing, however I can best be used, whatever that means. And that led me from the English classroom into writing a book and into the world. Um, and so that's been my journey. And I think it's really important for each of us to honor what our truths are and what our knowings are and to follow that path because it will always lead you in the highest way. It's not to say that you're never going to be afraid. It takes a lot of courage, I think, when you get your knowings, whatever they may be, to follow them because a lot of times they may involve change on your path or they might challenge you to make yourself a little uncomfortable or do things that you otherwise wouldn't do. And whatever that is for each person, that's always your team of light working with you and for you. So I think it's really important to embrace that. But I think one of the beautiful things for people to know here is that all children are psychic. And if we can encourage that and honor it, not in like a way where you're like, oh my gosh, tell me more or like, don't talk about that, but just like in a very normal way and have a conversation about it and allow your child to be open to that and own that beautiful part of themselves, I, I think the world will become a better place, honestly. 
we all have that intuition, don't we? Can you guys hear me? Because my audio went really weird before. Oh, no, so I don't yeah, know. no, I can hear. That's yeah. probably the other side's interference, you know. I've I'm never so had used that. to um, electrical things going wonky. I actually have my whole computer, like, hardwired to the internet because anytime I've tried to do a podcast or, like, <laughs> connect with anybody online, like, everything crashes. Oh. So I found that this helps yeah. it, but... You're having audio problems. It's because of like the connection with the other side. <laughs> my headphones started going like, and it wouldn't stop. Sal, I've never taken my audio off during an interview, have I? Like, this is an absolute first. It's never happened to me. It's so, all happening uh, on this interview, mate. <laughs> That's <laughs> validation, and it usually happens when the people that I'm talking to are very open and psychic themselves. It's almost like you ever hear of like energy surges, like outlets, like they have little things that pop here in the U.S. Like to yeah. protect outlet surge it's like that it's like there'll be these surges of energy sometimes because we're all so open and our souls are energetically open having this conversation it's like a little bit of like overload right and i'd love to just hear about the the four clairs so we know obviously the other side communicates with you really well but can you just explain a little bit about the four clairs and what sort of yeah definitely you know we all have this psychic toolbox that i think some of our us are aware of and some of us aren't but we're still using it right and Some people are more open to it, but it's there for the taking for everyone. You're born with it. It's part of you. And so it's a matter of just understanding the terms and then opening to it more. So the first Claire is clairvoyance, rather. Clairvoyance means clairseeing. And it's what I was describing before when you sleep at night and you see vividly, but your your physical eyes are not part of that. It's a psychic vision. And it's the same vision we have when we leave our physical bodies, where we can see, first of all, in different spectrums. We can see an infrared spectrum and different. We can see energy that we can't perceive with our physical eyes, right? Um, and clairvoyance will come out in, in dreaming hours and sleeping hours. So when you have a dream visitation from somebody who's crossed where it feels 3D and you experienced it, that is very real. That is part of your clairvoyance um, opening for you and helping you make that connection. Um, I find that a lot of times people actually who do yoga will have clairvoyant moments like in their waking hours where they'll just almost have like a screen appear and they'll get information or they'll have like aha moments or get information. Some people, this will happen to in the shower. They'll have like these moments of like visions almost. Um, you know, when people talk about like, well, let me sleep on that. And then they wake up in the morning and they're like, oh, I know what to do now. That's Mm. because we're open when we sleep in our clairvoyance, um, will help us navigate things in the in the here and now and so being aware of like being in a dream state is incredible because you can also have precognitive dreams that will help guide you usually they're in a very symbolic way so that's one of the ways clairvoyance can play out um and then you know there was the practice i was telling you about that was used in a very practical way by the u.s government during the cold war where they ask people to look without their eyes at certain targets like clairvoyance like can be used as a tool for all sorts of things and if you want to test yourself on that you can decide to go to a new restaurant you've never gone to and before you go i want you to sit down with a piece of paper and draw whatever you think you're seeing when you walk in bring it with you go in and see how you did because i guarantee you a lot of the shapes everything will be there just as they're going to appear so people never believe they can do this. And whenever I run one, run a workshop, I always do this exercise where I hide a picture. I give people paper and a pen and I'm like, draw it. And they're like, we can't see it. I'm like, don't use your physical eyes. Draw it using your clairvoyant vision. And every time, like there'll be a, a number of students that actually nail the exact picture. Like exactly. And then the other ones will have the same shape. They'll have like certain dynamics. They'll have like 
so much in it. This is something we can all do. This is not a hidden talent. Like play around with it. And I'm saying, don't just believe me, go try it. It works. So that's clairvoyance. And the thing too, is anytime you practice or you open to any one of the four clairs, the other ones open too. It's like blossoming, like different petals on the same like flower, right? They open. Um, clear audience is the next one. I would say that's probably the rarest of the four clairs. It means clear hearing. And it's when you hear a thought, but it's not coming from you, it's coming to you. You know, we all have this inner narrative going on at all times, the subtext that goes on, like what we say to ourselves, etc. We have thoughts, right? This is when a thought comes to you. So it's not like you're hearing it like outside, like a voice or a booming or something like that. It's often quiet and it's often just you receive it. Sometimes it can be a yes or a no. Sometimes you can actually like hear a loved one who's crossed their voice like you hear them um or you might be directed by your guides information whatever it is most people even when they have it they dismiss it or ignore it because it's so weird like it's like where is that what does that? i'm just gonna ignore that right but paying attention to it can be so beautiful especially if like you hear your loved one's voice um in your thoughts like even saying hello or i love you or whatever it might be it's just honor that say thank you back you don't have to say it out you could say it in your thoughts so there's clear audience um, there's clear cognizance, which means clear knowing. We all have this. It's when you just know something in every ounce of your being, but there's just no logical way you could explain how you know it. And a lot of times it'll be counterintuitive information. Like you might be driving your car home the same route, the same way you usually go, and you'll just have this knowing that you're not supposed to go the normal way. You're supposed to take a longer route. And you might argue with yourself, like, why would I do that? Right. <laughs> Only to find that the road you were going to drive down is closed, right? It's trusting those moments of knowing, and they can happen in big ways and little ways. So like the little way might be like, go to the third row, you're going to find a parking spot, trusting that and finding it. And a big way might be like, I need to shift my career, because I know something else is coming for me, or I need to say no to this invitation. I don't understand why I just know I need to say no, because maybe it's going to, you're going to avoid danger, or maybe you need to be somewhere else, or you're or sometimes you need to say yes to an invitation that you don't really want to go to because maybe you're going to meet somebody like when you went to the grief um, thing, right? So like yeah. the grief group, it's like that. It's like this knowing. All, oftentimes when people will pull it, call it like pulls, right? And knowing this, this pull. So honoring that's really important. And then the last of the four is called clairsentient. And it means clear feeling. And I think this is the one most people can relate to. And we all have. Um, it's reading energy. Like the only truth of our existence is that we are energy, right? We appear solid. The chairs we're sitting on appear solid. When you get down to the quantum level, this has been proven nothing is solid. We're just really fast vibrating atoms that aren't even touching that appear solid, right? So this whole existence is very interesting. But clairsentience is a feeling and a reading of all energy, which is the truth of everything. So when you meet people and you're clairsentient, right? You're not just going to meet them in the 3D. You're going to meet their energy. And you're going to feel their energy, you're going to get a read on their energy. And so it's like you'll have very, um, very strong first impressions that are always spot on of people, no matter how they're trying to present, because you're reading their energy. Mm. Clairsentient people, too, when you travel places or you experience a new cu culture, like you feel the whole patina of energy there. It like fills you up mm. when you go and you look at a work of art, whether it's a painting or a sculpture or you listen to music, right? You're so tied to the energy of it that it completely fills you up. It will shift your energy and do all sorts of things, right? How we engage with the energy around us. And the highest form of being clairsentient is being an empath. So what that means is you don't just experience other people's energy, you like feel what they're feeling. And that can get really confusing at times because a lot of times people won't understand like, wait, 
why am I feeling this way? They don't understand it doesn't belong to them. They're just picking up on someone else's energy. Also, when you're very close sentient, it can work for you or against you because you'll have either like a neutral feeling about a lot of people you meet, like no harm, no foul, or you'll feel like super pulled to the person, almost like in an awkward way, like, hi, I need to be your friend because I feel pulled to you. I can't explain it. It's like, you know, like it's this magnet pull to the person or sometimes you'll that, have that story in your book where you, there was the guy and you used your like psychic powers to go pick him up you had that pull to yeah. him you? yeah, yeah that was my boyfriend jeremy yeah. <laughs> but i knew like we we're supposed to have like you know our relationship and grow together and so we weren't so it. it could be a helpful tool um, <laughs> and then every now and then you'll have an allergic reaction to someone which isn't as much about judgment as it is just like that person's not on my highest path or it might be like that person's an energy vampire who's going to suck up all my light and demand all my time and attention and it's not on your highest path to be around that person so you got to trust what you're feeling when also one thing that can help when you're close sentient is to like do things that nurture your light energy because if you're it can really work for you if you're so open that you feel energy bring beauty and light in you're gonna you're gonna become amplified because of that right beautiful things so i don't know if you guys have ever heard of like um negative ions and grounding have you heard of that yeah right so it's a practice of taking negative ions into your body and negative ions like they regulate our sleep sleep wake cycles they thin our blood so more oxygen gets to our organs they like strengthen your immune system digestion all things right this has been scientifically studied for over 30 years so this is empirically this is legit um and so the earth's crust is negatively charged so just walking barefoot for 15 or 20 minutes on the ground will like shift your energy as well if you're clairsentient right being around moving water will do that too if you've ever been outside after like a storm and the air feels almost like electric that's negative ions yeah. in the air so like when you understand energy and you understand that you're clairsentient and that you're an energetic being you can understand what to avoid how to shut down your energy a little bit but also like who to go to who feels wonderful and how to bring light and beauty and art and negative ions into your energy sphere so it can be a really helpful understanding for you to navigate your own life this you- reminds me Sorry, Im. it reminds me of a question that we got from one of our listeners for you, actually. Um, And they wanted to know if they're sort of in an energetically low place or they're in an angry mood or they're feeling negative emotions, can that block them from getting signs when they ask for them? Not necessarily. I think one of the greatest disservices we can do for ourselves is try to deny anger or when we're feeling low, right? Um, to try and hide that or deny it or be hard on ourselves for it. I think those are very natural feelings that we need to honor and release and find a high path through. And I will tell you during those times, it can be the most important times for us to recognize and receive signs. So I don't think it's like it makes your vibration so low that you're not going to get signs. I think what you need to direct to your team of light is like, I need signs now more than ever, because I'm going through something really difficult energetically. And I'm feeling really sad or empty or angry. And I want to move through that. And I want to honor those feelings. Can you help me with that? Can you send me signs to let me know that everything's going to be okay, that you're present with me? And pick something simple, you know, pick whatever you want, just so you'll get it. And you'll feel 
like it's okay that you're experiencing those things you know and sometimes when I read for people too I see like they're in a certain soul cycle like a period of learning and sometimes they're locked into somebody else's lesson it wasn't even their lesson but they're locked in for three years and this is the end of it and it's like really drained them and it's really exhausting and it's like they need a moment to spiritually and energetically catch the breath and recharge but first they need to like purge these feelings out so I think that that's really important to acknowledge when you're feeling that way to also understand like you don't need to be perfect we are all work in progresses but you do need to understand that you are loved and protected and guided by a whole team of light we each have a team of light and we can call upon that team to help us through our darkest moments and to know that it's okay that we all experience those things it doesn't make you less than it doesn't make you unworthy of getting a sign if anything it's like your team wants to rush in and give them to you more what I will also say is that your thoughts matter and it's really important to be kind and gentle and loving with yourself if you're going through a hard time like that or you're feeling angry. So it's also helpful to bring in things of beauty and light into your world and also talk over some negative thoughts. Like a lot of them, the negative thoughts we might have are self-directed too, right? Um, and I think the darkest one probably people have is like, I'm unlovable. I'm unlovable. That's, that's my problem in life, right? No, everybody is lovable and worthy of love. And so if you catch yourself getting into that mindset, it's a matter of just talking over it in your own thoughts, being like, no, actually, that's a lie and that's not true. I am part of like God energy. I am connected to so many people. I am so loved and guided and I am so worthy of love and of giving love and receiving love and leave it at that because it will transform the energy around you as well. That's beautiful. And just a quick one for people who are empaths and do pick up on people's energy, like I'm sure you would, is there a tool that you use to kind of protect your own energy? Oh, from yeah. All being- yeah. There's a really simple exercise actually people can do, and you can get so good at it. Nobody will know you're doing it. Um, yeah. I call it white lighting yourself. Um, okay. And so if you're, for example, let's say I'm grocery shopping and I'm going down an aisle and I can never shut off the psychic part of me. Right. So I'll feel energy. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was with my oldest daughter once and she's very, well, my kids are psychic, right? But like to validate it, I turned a corner and I felt this person's energy was like, it was just like the energy smelled like a skunk was red, tight, like really bad. Whatever that person was going through that day was really bad, but they didn't look, it looked fine, right? They just looked put together. And my daughter nudged me. She's like, mom, turn around. We can't walk into this energy. She's all, like, this is toxic energy. I was like, no, it's okay, Ashley. Here's what you do. And all you need to do is, quickly and quietly you breathe in through your nose fully and out through your mouth fully and slowly do that three times and while you're doing that you're going to picture this beautiful sparkling white lake of light energy above your head and then you're just simply going to let it come down over your head like a shower encapsulate your body and go into the ground you will get so good at this you can do it in literally seven seconds and then you can walk right past that person it's not going to affect you Every now and then you will be hit by a negative energy ball that comes at you. It's just a thing. Like yeah. sometimes people that you don't even know will shoot you a dirty look or like, you know, do something so rude. Like, and you're like, what did I do? Right. A lot of times that will hit and where it will hit is right in your solar plexus area. That's where we read energy from like right around our belly button. And it's really interesting and, and freeing when you realize that's happened to picture that as like an energy punch to your gut. And then let it be like energy light that you let go up through the top of your head. And I like to picture it going into outer space and exploding, harming no one. And I will feel it leaving me. So we don't want to get like any negativity stuck in our aura field. Like scientists call it a biofield. It's a very real thing. It's supposedly three or four feet around our body. 
and within that that's our energy but what other people put into our energy is also present so it's like you don't want to keep any of that negative stuff just release it and if you're about to walk into um a situation where somebody has very toxic energy and they're very you know spiritually stunted white light yourself you know whether that's a workplace or a family event or another thing or your grocery shopping just white light yourself it's fine you'll actually feel a difference and I'm with this too I'm saying don't even believe me try it you're gonna feel mm. it it's a thing and if you're Absolutely. feeling really depleted you can let do the same exercise but let the light come in through what's called like your crown chakra here and go to your feet and then pool like a swimming pool all the way up and back out and that will kind of purge and rebalance you too but that one's a little bit more detailed so you do that like when you're home later you know if you feel like <laughs> uh oh it still got stuck in me I'm in a bad mood now like you can do that activity but it's all through using light energy we are light beings you know we glow in the dark we go off we literally glow in the dark scientists have researched this like when you're put in a dark room there are something called biophotons all living things give off human beings give off a lot of them and so they have cameras that will pick it up and we glow in the dark because we are light beings and all living organisms, whether it's a fern or it's like a cow or it's a human being, we have a language, a light energy language of biophotons. And they've studied this, that um, animals and plants like can communicate with one another through biophotons. And when they've done, they did an uh, experiment once where they killed off like thousands of brine shrimp in a room with plants. And they used um, a camera to pick up the biophotons. And it was like this explosion of light energy as they were dying and then all the plants reacted with light energy wow it's uh it's fascinating stuff it's all in research i think sometimes what happens is these brilliant scientists do these amazing experiments and then they publish them in scientific journals but what they really need to do is hire somebody to translate it into normal like digestible language and publish it in people magazine so everybody's accessible to it right like we need to know research and so it's really you know it's a very well thing so understanding that we're light energy and doing exercises to protect your own light replenish your own light shield your own light can have a profound effect on your path and your journey 100% gonna try that I've got a couple of situations where I think I could definitely be uh (laughs) yeah tapping into that but Laura (laughs) it has been such a gift to spend this time with you I cannot tell you how grateful we are to connect with you and you have taught us so much in this hour and I think a lot of our listeners are going to be absolutely blown away um by this conversation and it's going to help them so so much so from the bottom of our hearts thank you for for this and for everything that you do Well, thank you so much. I am so very honored to be in conversation with the two of you. I absolutely love your energy. You know, you can't maybe see what I see about what you're doing in the world and its effect out there and how many people you're reaching and what the lives it's changing and healing, but I can see that. And I just wish that you could glimpse it for a moment on my screen. You'd be like, oh, wow. But I just want to let you know that I don't believe in coincidences and I don't believe in accidents. And I feel like meeting you and being connected to the two of you is a great honor for me. And I feel so honored that you invited me to be on this podcast and so excited to connect with every single viewer who watches this because I truly believe in that too. Like I might not meet somebody individually, but our energy is already connected now and we've already met energetically and we're in each other's light because we're communicating through this vehicle of this podcast. So I love that too. I always feel like people who are meant to see this and meant to be part of that community of light will be brought to it. It's really beautiful. So thank you so much. I love being part of this.
just hurting from smiling so much. This has just been such an honour. And I don't think you know, you probably know because you are psychic after all, but Sal and I, we've been manifesting this for a long time and we're like is it going to happen one day we're going to get Laura Lynn Jackson on the podcast all, right. and all of our all community right. was so so excited for us when we announced it and it's just been everything that we could have hoped and more so thank you oh, so I love that I'm just so honored too and I always believe in divine timing so I know like the other side really arranges when we're going to connect and what that's going to be so I was so excited that the time is now we got to do this so thank you so much Guys, thank you for listening to one of our favorite conversations of all time. She is absolutely phenomenal, isn't she? Like this one is going to go down in history for us. Absolutely incredible. And guys, if you'd like some extra support in your grief and you want to read the experiences and advice of others who are coping with loss, or maybe you know someone who might benefit from reading it, then please, please pre-order a copy of our book, Good Morning, Honest Conversations About Grief and Loss. And you can get it as soon as it's released if you pre-order it. We'll pop the link in our show notes and pre-orders really do help new authors like us. So if you could share with anyone who you think might benefit from reading it, we'd be so, so grateful. We've poured our heart and souls into this, haven't we, Im? And we really do help. We really hope it helps people. We really have. So there you have it, guys. All the mentions of on Instagram, like of our special project. This is it. This book is inspired by each and every one of you and we couldn't have done it without you. So a massive thank you to all of you listening and we cannot wait to share it with you all. Um, And thank you for all of your support throughout this year. We're sending you all so much love. Next week, we've got you covered with a special little episode on how the fuck to get through the festive season while you're grieving, which we know can be really tough. So keep an ear out for that. And yeah, sending you lots of love. Bye for now, guys. 